Well, good morning, Lindsley Avenue. Good morning. It's good to see everybody today. We've had some uh, people back from a good while, haven't seen in a while. Got uh, several people back who had been uh, hospitalized or feeling poorly and have some uh, fresh faces. We're glad each of you are here and hope you will come back and be with us again uh, each and every opportunity that you can. It's good to have a, a good full uh, well, relatively speaking, good full auditorium compared to what we've had sometimes because of illnesses. A couple of things as we get started. I'm sure all of you have by now noticed the, hand, the bags that are on the front stage, and if not, please wake up before I start speaking. Uh, the bags here are fruit bags, and so I know we'll talk about that at the very end. They're intended for everyone to take one for a family and take another one or two. We don't want any left here to give to friends or neighbors, brighten up somebody's life, bring a little joy uh, by taking some, some goodies to them uh, in this time of the season. So please, please do that. Uh, also, we've got some of the coldest weather so far this year, in fact, easily over 11 months, coming this next week, into this next week. And so if there's any way that anyone here needs something, blankets, jackets, coats, hats, whatever, to stay warmer, please don't leave without checking our supply of it back here. We'll do that at the very end after services. We want to do what we can uh, to help everyone stay safe and warm. And uh, for goodness sake, please, uh, if you're in that situation, get inside, certainly toward the end of the week. Um, thirdly, you may notice if you uh, paying attention here to the first slide, that's the same picture that was there last week when we talked about the a transfiguration of uh, Jesus on the mountain. And the reason that is there is because the whole point of the transfiguration was to show to the disciples that Jesus was in fact God. The lesson this morning I titled The Teaching of Jesus. With Jesus being God in the flesh, incarnated, the Word becoming flesh and dwelling among us, why'd he come? Well, we know he came to die and to be resurrected, to have our sins forgiven, but what else did he do before that? Remember, we're going backward this month. The trial of Jesus that led to his uh, crucifixion and resurrection, the transfiguration of Jesus that said, why did they crucify him? Because he claimed to be God and they didn't believe him, even though it was true. Backing up this week to, well, what did Jesus say that was so different from what people might have heard anyway? when they were out of that, the teaching of Jesus. So as I say the last two weeks, the reason he was put on trial and crucified is because he claimed to be divine. The people of the time did not believe him. That's not a shock. A lot of people today don't believe that Jesus was divine. But he is divine. And that was shown in part because of the transfiguration. As Peter said in 2 Peter, we did not follow cleverly devised fables. We're not following some made-up stories that sound good. But Peter says, we, Peter, James, and John are the three there, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Referring back to when Jesus was transfigured, when his face shone like the sun, and his clothes were whiter than any bleach could ever make them. And remember, the image I will always have in my mind is of the sun finally peeking out from behind the moon during a solar eclipse. And that immediate incredibly bright light that you can't possibly stare at. That's what I think of just pouring out of Jesus' hands and his face and his feet, looking like no one else ever has, because that's 
the difference between our reality and God. This morning, we're going to look at, so what did Jesus teach? What did he talk about that made his, uh, his, his message so different? And what does that say to us today? So we told us, he, Jesus told us to be different. How? How are we supposed to be different? Well, if you had to put one single focus on the teaching of Jesus, and he taught a lot of different things, to me, I would suggest compassion. Compassion. Uh, absolutely, he talked about a lot of other things, but compassion, I think, is one of the really missing qualities that the world misses today, doesn't have today, and has missed for a long, long, long time. Compassion. So many people back then were looking after themselves with no care or concern left over for other people. So many today are the same way. You know, we've talked before about, I've got to look after a number one, right? And so many people, that's the way they live their lives. Why do I care about anyone else that's suffering as long as I am not suffering? Well, look at what Jesus said. We had this read today. Uh, thank you, Phil. Matthew 9, 35 and 36. Jesus went throughout all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. You know, you can see a flock of sheep sometimes, they'll be on TV or whatever, and if they don't have a shepherd, they're, they're going all over the place. They're just kind of, they're just, they're lost. They're just scattered everywhere. There's no direction. There's no guidance. Left to their own devices, sheep were going to get really messed up. Well, same thing with us. Jesus saw the crowds, and they were just harassed. They were helpless. He felt compassion on them. But look at what came before that. He had been teaching in the synagogues and teaching the multitudes and crowds, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom. When you look at John the Baptist, who came before Jesus, he told people to repent and believe the gospel, believe the good news. Jesus had said, unless you repent, unless you change, you're going to perish like these other people had done. The good news is that God loves each and every one of us and has provided a way for us to go home and live with him, but it requires a change. It requires a change, I think, to show compassion. It requires a change that we say every week to turn away from living for ourselves and turn to living for God. So keep that in mind as we go through it. Here, Jesus went about te uh, teaching, and he saw the situation of the people, and he cared about it. He cared about it. Um, you know, there's just so, I'm going to repeat myself, my apologies, but there's just so many people today that just don't seem to care about other people. That's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. I will call that compassion. So what do we mean by compassion? I would call compassion love in action. It's a compound word. You know, you've got that C-O-M in front of it and then passion on the end. Passion today has come to mean romance and all that kind of stuff. That's not what it really is focused on here and not in the original. Passion was a suffering. It was a struggle. Somebody in the throes of passion was, was really struggling and having a hard time, right? Well, when somebody's facing a real hard time, when they're in a, a suffering situation, to be compassionate means you identify with the suffering of the other person. And it's not mere sympathy. 
it's not really even empathy. It's feeling what they are feeling and doing something to help. Doing something to help. Uh, James talks about you know, what good does it do if you see a brother who is in need of food or clothing because of the cold and you say, be warmed and filled. Or in other words, I sure hope you feel warm today and you don't do anything to help. How does that show faith and love? It doesn't. So words without action, love without action is not what compassion is about. It's love with action, doing something to help someone who is suffering, sharing with the suffering and doing something to help. Being moved to care about someone and doing something about their need, being involved. And that's what I think Lindsley Avenue does a great job of. I really do. Oh yeah, okay. We'll pat ourselves on the back here for a moment. I know that's part of it, but we need to help other people see the need to get involved. Why do we share the things that we do so many times on Facebook? Because I have been places and seen places where that doesn't get, you don't get the feel. Here, for such a small place, there's a lot of stuff going on. I, don't, I think Robbie doesn't sleep. <laughs> Jeff could confirm that, but I don't think she ever sleeps because there's no way things could get done around here like they do if she ever closed her eyes. But because of that, there are a lot of people here who are helped because it generates compassion among each of us. So let's take another look. Matthew 14, 13 through 15. When Jesus heard this, he withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. He had to go away. He had to get some alone time. But when the crowds heard that Jesus had left, they followed him on foot from the towns. When he went ashore and saw the great crowd, he had compassion on them and did what? Went his way. He had compassion. Oh, these people, poor people are suffering. Okay. No. He had compassion and he healed their sick. He did things. He took action. Love in action. So seeing the suffering people, he cared enough to go among the crowd and heal them and in many ways touch them. There's another story of Jesus when he encounters a leper. By the Jewish law, a leper was supposed to stay at least about half a football field length away from people and shout unclean and cover their upper lip. I guess it was the prelude to wearing masks. Right? But he encounters a leper who is right in front of him. And instead of screaming and running away, the Bible says he reached out and touched him. People did not touch a leper. One thing, the Jewish law said, don't do that, keep your distance. But they were viewed as so unclean and so dangerous. But what does Jesus do? For all I know, the first time in a long time, that man had somebody touch him. Jesus cared enough to do something about problems people were having and to show that care by touching, being involved in the lives of people. That is compassion. Continuing on. You've got this crowd. Jesus is among them. He's been healing their sick. The disciples came to him and said, this is a pretty desolate place. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Really, right? They're not in one of the cities or villages. We're out in the middle of nowhere. Send the crowds away so they can go into the villages and buy food for themselves. It's getting late. We don't have any food. I don't know how we'll feed all these people. 
the disciples are really saying to Jesus. But Jesus said, the need will not go away. Look at that. The need these people have is not going to go away. You give them something to eat. Figure out a way to feed these people. And they fail. We only have five loaves and two fish. And the fish are more like sardine size. They're really tiny fish. This is up near Galilee. That's the faint of fish they were famous for. We're not talking about a Captain D's family pack of huge fish sitting here. And it's, no, this is a small, small fry. But not small fry. Okay, so he says, all right, fine. You can almost imagine him rolling his eyes and saying, okay, fine. Bring them to me. Bring them to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass. And taking the five loaves and two fish, this is pretty meager. This is a young boy's lunch. He took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Even if all you've got is a couple of sardines and a couple of small little chunks of bread, give thanks for what you've got. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples, and the disciples gave them to the crowds. I love how he made the disciples go feed them. Jesus could have done it. He could have called the crowds up, but he said, no, no, no. I'll tell you what. You know, this, this meager lunch, this meager dinner that you found, I'll tell you what. I'm blessing it. You go feed everybody. And I'm sure they were looking at it going, it's not even going to work. This is still not going to work. But what happens? They all ate and were satisfied. And they took up somehow 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides the women and children. Maybe that's eight to 12,000 people. Who knows? All from five loaves and two fish. This is certainly a miracle. Can't do that today. No matter how much we might pray over a couple of loaves and some sardines, it's going to be really tough to do this. Jesus did this. Why? Why does he bother feeding people? Could they not have gone to the villages? Probably. But he cared. And he wanted to show the disciples don't push people away to go figure out their own problems. If you've got somebody with a problem who's where you are, help them. Do something. And he does. The disciples viewed the situation as hopeless. Jesus took action because he cared. Compassion. Another passage, Matthew 9, 17, uh, Mark 9, 17 through 24. Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. Whenever it, this spirit, seizes him, it throws him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. Now, don't you think about this. This is a, a young boy's father. If you are a parent, you know exactly the kind of intense fear, the intense worry, concern that you have over your kids, no matter how old they get, much less when they actually are having some sort of medical problem. I mean, sometimes, right, especially when they're real young, a skint knee is an atomic nuclear emergency. Hopefully we get over that eventually, right? But parents, we worry about our children. This father is desperate. And he comes to Jesus. Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can... All things are possible, right? Did you notice he's quoting what the man said? If you can help us, Jesus said, if you can, I imagine that's kind of how he said it. If you can, what do you mean if you can? But he said, all things are possible for one who believes. Look at what the man says next. Immediately the father of the child 
cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. We're going to get ourselves in trouble if we require fairly perfect knowledge of what God wants of us. If we require faith that's so rock solid that everything is completely chiseled. This man is desperate. He comes to God and he says, I'll do anything that I need to do. Help my unbelief. I believe. Help my unbelief. Help my child. What does Jesus do? He heals the child. He cares enough for the pain and suffering, not only of the child, but the father who brings him to him. But I, I love, I never noticed. If you can, I really think that's what Jesus had said. What do you mean, if you can? Anything's possible if you believe. He said, I believe, help me, please. If we took that approach, I think to God more often. <laughs> I love you, Father. Please help me. I want, to, I want to be your child. I want to do what you want me to do. Help me. If we were more focused on humility toward God rather than, I've got my checklist and I'm okay this week because I've done these things God wants me to do, I suspect things would be better. We also are to have the compassion that Jesus showed when he was here in our own lives. Look at Colossians 3. Colossians 3 is my favorite chapter, whole chapter in the Bible. Paul here is saying to those who were followers of Jesus, put on then as God's chosen ones, as members of God's family, put on, you are holy, you are different, you're also loved by God, holy and beloved. What are we to put on? A compassionate heart. A heart that cares when it's confronted with people who are suffering. You know, Jesus told the story in the Gospel of Luke of a man who was going down to Jericho and he fell among thieves and was robbed and left. We're actually called half dead. I suspect they took everything. For all I know, he's laying naked over in a pile of rocks. He looks dead. Two people come by. People that the hearers of the story would think would help, but I'm not getting involved. They walk by, we're told, on the other side of the road. They did not have compassionate hearts. They did not have hearts that got involved that were love in action kind of hearts. The third person came by was a foreigner, Samaritan. People hearing would have thought, wow, if this guy is half dead now, just wait until the Samaritan gets hold of him, because the Samaritans would have been viewed as villains. Who ends up with the heart of compassion? Who shows compassion on the man who fell in among thieves? The Samaritan does. That's the kind of heart we're supposed to have. Don't ever walk by on the other side. No matter where we've got to be, no matter what we have to do, there's always enough time to care. Please. Heart of compassion, kindness. It's hard to have a compassionate heart if you're not kind, generally, toward other people. Humility, meekness, and patience. Sometimes you have to help people more than once. Right? But humility and patience mean I'm going to put what you need ahead of what I might want. We are to bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, we are to be forgiving each other. As the Lord's forgiven you, you also must forgive. I want God to forgive me with the audience participation today. Raise your hand if you want God to forgive you. In the future. I think most every hand's up. Right? What do I need to do to ensure that that's a possibility? I 
needs to give other people. Have a compassionate heart. And that's my focus this morning. A heart that cares. A heart that moves. James 5, 9 and 11. As an example of, patient, of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast, constant. They stay uh, focused on God. You've heard of the steadfastness, the patience of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is, look at it, compassionate and merciful. If God is compassionate and merciful, and Jesus certainly showed he and God are compassionate and merciful, if I am to be God-like, I need to be compassionate and merciful. And it's, it's really a shame I can remember times I was too busy in my own things I needed to do where I effectively walked on by on the other side. Let's be the Samaritan. Be the one that takes the time to stop get involved. The Samaritan had business. I mean, after all, he ends up leaving the man in an inn and goes away and keeps doing his stuff. He had things to do, but he stopped and cared and got involved. God loves all of us, loves everyone, just as Jesus loves all and everyone. Yet Jesus also told people to go and sin no more. The heart of compassion, God's compassion and mercy toward us, does not excuse if we never come to God does not excuse if we don't turn our lives away from sin and turn it toward God. He told people to go and sin no more. The woman who had been caught in John 8 in the act of adultery, first of all, I don't have any idea where the man was. The man somehow slipped away. He takes two. But the woman who's brought in front of Jesus, he doesn't excuse what she did. You notice that? He doesn't excuse, but he says... I'm not going to condemn you, especially if you will go and sin no more. That's the beauty of repentance. Turn away from living for sin, living for yourself, and start the process of turning to God. That's part of being a follower of Jesus. Those are the ones God will have that compassion on because they are facing Him, headed home to be with Him. Love does not mean leaving people where they are. If you see people who are uh, living their lives and they're, they're lying, they are stealing, they are hurting other people, they are not being compassionate, we've got to point them to God. We have to point them and say, this is the way we are to live. God wants us to have a heart of compassion. This is not what God wants you to be. That's actually compassion. Pointing people to God. The same Jesus that had compassion on the crowds had been teaching the crowds they needed to turn toward God. It's all part of the same thing. God, final message, God loves you and wants you to come home to Him. Please, if you're not a member of His family, don't leave here today without becoming a member of His family. If you need prayer to ask for forgiveness or just prayer of encouragement, this is your time Please, this next week, rest of our lives, focus on showing love by being compassionate because God loves you.